What's poppin' everybody? This is Logan Murdoch, and I'm here with my co-host for the Real Ones Podcast on the Ringer NBA show, the incomparable, the realist, the man who invented the pregame Red Bull snow cone, Raja Bell. Thank you, Logan. You're far too kind, sir. Did you know that the Ringer NBA show feed now has six podcasts a week? Six. Every Sunday, Big Waz has a different guest from the NBA world on weekends with Waz. And you can find me and Raja every Monday and Thursday on Real Ones, where we cover all the most interesting NBA storylines. On Tuesdays, J. Kyle Mann and Jonathan Charks discuss up-and-coming talent in college basketball and the NBA. And on Wednesdays, you can hear Justin Verrier, Rob Mahoney, and Big Waz discuss any and everything going on in the world of hoops. Man, and on Friday, Chris Ryan and Searich Sohi ask the big questions on the answer. So head over to the Ringer NBA Show's Spotify page and take a listen. There's so much to dive into. And while you're there, just go ahead and give us a follow too. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Hey, thank you for listening to The Void. Today, we have a special Saturday edition of the show talking with Kevin Clark and Steve Cerruti, both Orlando Magic fans from The Ringer, because the Magic have a tough decision to make on draft night next Thursday. Could be Jabari Smith, could be Chet Holmgren. They have a lot of options there. So I wanted to hear from two hardcore fans of The Magic with how they're feeling about the draft and what they think The Magic should do. We debated that decision, got into a whole lot else. This was a fun conversation. Hope you enjoyed it and have a great rest of your weekend. What's up, Kevin? It's Rudy. How you guys doing? Dude, I'm so amped for this. Me too. This is like bringing Kevin I's text chain to life. So I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to do this. There's a lot of BS in there, but uh, a lot of important discussions to be had as well. This is like the highlight of my week. Like, I was just like wandering around my apartment clapping like Steve Ballmer. I'm so excited to talk about this. <laughs> I, I've not been this excited about the magic in a long time. I mean, how could you? I mean, how many years of losing has it been? When's the last time you were happy as a magic fan, Kev? Well, I think Saruti and I are going to have the same memory. We won game one of two playoff series. Please don't erase that accomplishment um, on the road and at Toronto in the bubble against Milwaukee. I mean, we reached, you know, highs that some franchises only dream of. Against both eventual champions, by the way, I believe, too. Uh, So there you go. Yeah, I mean, that's 
tied for I'd say tied for second best team in the N- NBA <laughs> if you think about it. That's a great point. And th- those we are only, some uh, champions only. Champions only. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And and you know, going through the magic is a rite of passage for for champions. And those magic teams had they still had Fultz, right? Fultz, of course, still on the team. Who else is still on the team? Terrence Ross. Other Terrence Ross. That. Uh, well, DJ Augustin had a pet. He had a game winner, which was uh, I remember I was in the car watching that game too. It was it was actually kind of a Holy sneaky God. weird team for a while. Um. Vooch. Oh, uh, it I was a sticky weird team no for a show. while. It's, it's been a weird team for a decade. Well, I said they were bad for a decade. Those teams yeah, were weird. They weren't good, but they were at least weird. But the problem was, too, that was kind of like when Vooch started to get exposed, too, because you're like, oh, he made an all-star game, and you're like, yeah, can this be, can, can he be the guy, right? And then yeah. just, you know, love him, but two duds in back-to-back playoff series, and that's probably why he got shipped to Chicago, and, and why then we're what very happened? happy about Wendell Carter Jr. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, he got exposed, and then we just absolutely fleeced the Bulls. <laughs> and now... For the last two years, you guys have been bad, bad. Not, you know, average bad. Those were, what, 40, 30 win teams with Orlando. And and now you guys are 21 wins in 2021 and then 22 wins in 2022. And you land the number one pick. Second worst record in basketball. One of the worst teams in the NBA. First year head coach. Bunch of young guys. But it's good sometimes to be bad. And now you have the number one pick. And now you're in a position where it feels like that the Magic have a really nice young roster. Right, Franz Wagner successful as a rookie. Jalen Suggs last year up and down, but you're you know it's still early. You still feel encouraged about him, among others on the roster. Now there's an opportunity with the number one pick to add someone who could be a franchise changer to bring you back to the postseason with consistency, like past number one picks by the Magic. So Rudy, who is your preference at number one for Orlando <laughs> as a fan? I've been I've been team Chet for a while since basically they got the pick. I like Chet even going back to Gonzaga. I understand there's like the weirdness of the body thing, but I asked I mean I've, to, I've asked a couple guys about this. I'm interested in what you think, KOC. But like if he had like a couple inches wider shoulders or he had ten to fifteen more pounds on him, like are we even having a discussion about this? And you know I just think he does so many different things. And I, I, I'm to the point too where if they took Jabari, and I think I still kind of think Jabari, he's definitely the betting favorite, and I. I'd still probably say he's the guy they're going to take if I had to pick right now. Um, and I wouldn't be bummed with that. But I just kind of feel like if you're if you have the number one pick, um, I I wouldn't play it. I wouldn't play it safe, especially in this draft. Like, I think Chet is the is the generational guy in this draft. Sure, he has more bust potential than maybe, you know, of the other two top, you know, t- top two guys. I mean, Paulo, you know, who knows? He's almost like a dis- he's, he's not even in this discussion, which is kind of strange because a lot of people still think he's the best player in the draft. But I just like all of the weird things that Chet does. And. Maybe I'll be proved horrifically wrong in five years or so, but I'm not that worried about the body. He's incredibly tough. He is uh, a guy who has a, a great competitive spirit. He doesn't back down from challenges. He basically takes on any single role that's thrown at him yeah. and is happy to do that. So this whole thing about like he's frail and too small. I mean, sure, his body frame is a little bit weird. He kind of has the hunchback situation. But his game is so versatile and he has the right attitude to kind of attack and overcome those deficiencies that I'm less scared about it. So I'm I'm team chat and I've been team chat since basically day one. And Kev, are you also team chat? Yeah, so I came around this morning. I started watching This morning. This morning. So I started watching some film seriously in the last, let's say, twenty-four hours. Um, because I'm doing this pod, a couple other podcasts. And so I just wanted to say, let's let's just lock this in because I've done a couple of hits in the past where I've said, Well, I can see the both sides. My Jabari uh, hesitation was that he played 
the college that I went to, University of Miami, in the tournament, and he disappeared. And he got bullied by a bunch of guys who were going to be playing in Turkey in two years. Um, I love that team, but like I'm not seeing a lot of lottery picks on there. And it felt like as soon as they went at Jabari, Jabari stopped asserting himself. I, I, I sent a text to Sarudi and Rosillo this morning, and I was like, can you just, can you guys just send me like a couple games where Jabari, I'm going to use the phrase, had that dog in him? I'm on dog watch. I'm looking for a little dog. And Rusillo gave me a couple of, of things, but I didn't see enough to where it it it, it differentiates between Chet and, and him. If, if Jabari and Bill has talked about Jabari's competitiveness, uh, I'm sure it's it's there, but it's not enough for me to overlook what Chet brings. Um, the defensive floor is extremely high. The blocks, the instincts, the timing, the rhythm. The only real weakness is perimeter defense, which, I mean, I think that's just always going to be a problem if, if you're that big. Um, and it wasn't a complete disaster. He, he, he could hold guys up, but he moved smoothly. He didn't get put on skates in the pick and roll. And the offense was, was good enough. So I, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm with Saruti. The whole point of this, I'm tired of B-plus guys. I'm tired of B-minus guys. Mm-hmm. The whole point of this, the only way as a franchise that we get out of the last decade is a Giannis-level superstar who changes the entire culture. Now, we got that roster is ready if we get an absolute superstar because there's a lot of, you know, what, as I said, B-level players, role players. The, the roster has been, for a few years, role players in search of a superstar. And I understand the, the concerns about the frame, but he's going to get bigger. He's like, that's, only, that's just how life works. Like, he's not going to be 195 pounds forever. Get him in an NBA weight room. He's got the instincts. Um, I, I, just, I just love Chet. So, so it seems like you guys, you know, after years of mediocrity, you just want to draft for the upside. Like you, you like Jabari Smith is more of the high floor player in the sense that six foot ten, he's definitely gonna be a shot maker. Like there's no doubt yep. about his three point shooting ability. That's undeniable. You know, he can do a little bit one or two dribble, three pointers off the dribble. Not gonna be a guy who's breaking down defenses, attacking the basket, drawing fouls yet, at least. He's not a playmaker yet. Defensively, that dude's versatile. He can, you know, help at the rim, defends on the perimeter at a high level, switchable. Like all of those things are important. That gives him a floor. But I think with Chet, you know, what you guys are saying is that Chet is somebody who he is an anchor of your defense. Mm-hmm. He can be one of your key forces on defense as a rim protector and help, you know, or as one of the primary as the five. And on offense, lob threat, three point shooter. He can pass better than he was able to show at Gonzaga because of his limited role there. Yeah. And, and how much of that, though? also has to do with the existing pieces on your roster because with Wagner, yeah. everything I said about Jabari Smith kind of applies to Franz Wagner and you yeah. have, you know, Suggs as a guard and Fultz as a guard. How much does, yeah. does it have to do with that? Well, I also want to make one part of his game. Um, Jake Chapman at the Magic Radio Network had one of the Gonzaga beat writers on the other day. And they said the Chet's mid-range game wasn't able to be shown at all Absolutely. at Gonzaga. And he's got it. And he's got it. And they, they said, listen, we're not comparing him to Kevin Durant. But there's an upside there where he can make shots at, at every level of the floor. And mm-hmm. you need to be aware of that going into the NBA. That, 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 that's, that's part of his game that we haven't necessarily seen. He wasn't allowed to show it. He wasn't able to. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's there. And so, Saruti, I think we need to go back and forth on this because it's a roster question. Because I've heard people say, all right, if you want to build around Markel Fultz as your point guard, he can't shoot, or he's you know, not, not, a, not a consistent shooter. So you've got to have a shooter somewhere, and maybe that's Jabari. Jabari you know, could be the new age, you know, r- extremely uh, rich man's Richard Lewis, right? 
And, you know, I, I, listen, I'll fall for any Richard Lewis comp. I've seen them out there, and, but that's not even enough to convince me yet. But I, I think that when you, you go kind of in search of a superstar, I don't really think you can worry about any of the other pieces, Rudy. I, I don't know if, if, if I'm wrong or you disagree. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, like, uh, we can't do this because we need to pair with this guy. Like, I just want the highest ceiling possible. And so I actually don't care that much about the current roster. I love the idea of a, a mini big three of Franz, Chet, and Wendell, that sounds great to me, but I'm not making a pick based on that. I agree. Like, if you were to tell me, hey, the Magic take Jabari, he slots in perfectly. He's, he's actually a perfect fit for the Magic. And, you know, yeah. they desperately need three-point shooting. I think they were like, what? They were definitely bottom, I think, five in three-point shooting last year. Their guards don't shoot. So they need basically shooting from other, everywhere else on the court. And if you're going to bring in a power forward who's, you know, from college hitting 42% from three, then obviously that's a natural fit. Um, I think they have, and this this is the dilemma because the Magic do have playmaking. I mean, I, I think Franz is a playmaker. I'd like to see the ball in his hands more next season. They didn't do that a ton. I kind of wish they did it more at the end of the season when they like, didn't really have anything to play for. Um, and, and they didn't, but that's when they got Fultz back and Fultz is their primary playmaker. And we want to joke about Fultz and the shooting and the number one pick and how, you know, he went over, Ta- he went over Tatum and all that stuff with the Sixers and the Celtics trade. That's fine. Fultz is a good player. Like he just, he just is. Very and, good. And the Magic are significantly better when he's on the court. Uh, every player on the Magic is, is significantly better when he is in the court. So you can sit here and tell me, all right, yeah, you take Jabari because you actually don't need him to play make. Mm-hmm. So there are some there are some thoughts there. We go when it's a team building thing to say, hey, we actually don't need we Jabari's like playmaking and his dribbling. If he could develop that in three, four years, five years, that's great. But we actually don't need him to do that from day one in this roster. Like you could sell me on that. I'm 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 okay with that. But I'm kind of going back to your point, Kev. Like if you have the first pick and you have a chance to take a guy who could potentially be generational. Like, I, like the main thing for me on, on the Chet versus Jabari thing is how bummed would you be? I personally would be so bummed if in like five years, Chet is this incredible like unicorn yeah. player and he's so fun and he's like a top five league pass guy and you passed on him because you took a guy who is a really good perimeter shooter and a, and a good defender, you know, who was a safer pick at the time. And I sure, sure, there's obviously downside. Chet could certainly bust out. Although I think, I think there's actually, I think there's too much talk about his body. I've said, I said that one in, in, in kind of the opening rant that I had there. Um, how many guys in the league now, KOC, how many guys in the league physically, like when they get into the league, especially big guys, just get bullied out of the league to the point where they can't play, like a Sean Bradley type or somebody <laughs> right. like that? It doesn't happen. I don't think it, it happens yeah. anymore. It, it, it doesn't so, happen in today's, like even Alexei Pokushevsky, that's probably the closest comparable. And despite his struggles for the Thunder, he's, he still has gotten better. Like the second half of this past season for OKC, it was really the first time, you know, instead of him being a meme on the basketball court, it's like, oh, Oh yeah, it's you know it's starting to come together a little bit. He's still super skinny. It doesn't make a difference. Like the NBA, I thought I thought Bill Simmons like he had a great comparison for Chet Holmgren, calling him weird body Al Horford. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like you know a guy like that. It's yes, he has a funky body, but ultimately in today's NBA, it, it allows for strange body types to thrive in today's game. It's positionless. It doesn't make a difference. I don't believe. And he's and he's still a better athlete. He's still a good athlete too. That's the thing. He does like the perimeter defending thing is and a he problem, hustles, but he moves, he plays hard. He's tough, totally. And he's not afraid. I mean, the, the the quote about him, you know, asking him like, you know, who's the best player in the NBA, and him saying me in two months. I I I love that. And mm. you know, I I I, I think the Magic <laughs> needs something like that. They need like an alpha. So if they were to take Jabari, they they'll Jabari will be good and he'll be a good player for them, and that's fine. I could see them being in a couple teams like a steady playoff team because they've got a lot of talent. 
I'm just more willing to take the risk with Chet. And I just think when you have the number one pick, I've heard Sharks talk about this. When you have that pick, I think he think he said that teams are too risk averse at the number one pick. And they oftentimes like fail because they end up going because they don't want to get fired. And I, you know, it's easy for me sitting on my couch watching games, watching Magic games to say, take Chet, don't worry about getting fired. Like, I, I understand how stupid that is for me to say because <laughs> I'm not making the decision and my livelihood is not on the line. But that's what I would do. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Well, here's the thing. With Jabari Smith, I have on my big board, Paolo Bancaro, number one, Jabari Smith, number two, Chet Holmgren, number three. The truth is, is those guys are really like, ABC, you know, it's not it's like 1A, 1B, 1C. It's very close. I'd have different guys rank first for different teams. With Jabari Smith, everybody talks about the high floor. The thing is, though, is what if there is also a high ceiling with him, though? You ta- you said earlier, Saruti, like he doesn't need to be a playmaker, a ball handler earlier in his career if he's drafted by the Magic. And that's true. It's also true, you know, if he were to go to OKC, it's true if he were to go to Houston, it doesn't like almost doesn't matter where he goes. He doesn't have to be that guy early on. But Considering the fact he's such a great shot maker, he proved that he can shoot, you know, contested jumpers off the bounce. What if he becomes a guy where it's like he's not a, you know, an end game playmaker necessarily, but maybe he can become one of your guys in an offense that shares the ball and he's a perimeter oriented guy. But for someone who works as hard as he does, the work ethic I hear about with Jabari Smith, I think he's going to max out who he can be. What level is that? Like, who knows? Like, maybe there's limits to his handle. He does kind of have a tighter lower body, like looks a lot like Michael Porter Jr., you know, with the Nuggets. Like, Porter Jr., really talented offensive player, but he doesn't have, like, that hip flexibility and, and, you know, that quickness off the bounce that, like, the best go-to scorers do. So maybe there are limits for Smith, but I don't necessarily think he's just going to be some spot-up guy throughout his entire career, you know, guaranteed. Like there, there could be more to his game there. And with the magic, all indications are that he's going to be the pick. I mean, that, that I, I've heard there are people within their front office that really, really, really like Chet. You don't hear a lot about Paolo Bancaro as someone there, but it sounds like Jabari Smith is going to be the guy for them. At least as of today, recording this Wednesday, June 15th, a little over a week from the draft. Maybe things change, but does that disappoint you, Kev, to know that it seems like he's going to be the pick? I'm going to say this. There's a lanky guy with a massive wingspan available at the top of the draft and the Magic have ruled out picking him two weeks out from the draft. That seems to me like some... Knowing what the Magic... Misdirection. Like yeah. Knowing what the Magic like to do, which is just wingspan, length, defense. Who knows what they're doing as far as the work ethic and character. I, I have no, literally don't know anything about either of them um, as far as that goes. I have not looked at it. And also, my experience from the NFL side, it's at most that's junk science anyway. Um, but it's interesting to me. Um, it, it would disappoint me a little bit. Uh, having said that, those guys know a lot about 
hoops and I don't. Um, I would say necessarily, you know, the alpha thing that Saruti talked about a second ago is so important because we haven't had it and we've had to find it in weird sources. Like Hennigan, Rob Hennigan loved drafting these high character sort of soft, softer spoken personalities. Nobody ever took the reins. When we made the playoffs, Michael Carter Williams was the only guy who would yell at other players um, and yell at the refs. Like that was it. That was why he was around. And then I, I put that the other day to someone I said, who's who's doing the yelling? Who who's yelling at anybody? And apparently the answer right now is 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 Mo Mo Wagner, okay, who's who's Franz's brother and has a roster spot to be basically a glue guy, a good brother, and and he's the alpha, right? I don't of want... hustle fame, by the way, of hustle fame. He's now an actor as well. Mm. He's in hustle. Yeah, he was he in, is hustle. in hustle. Yeah. Wait, are <laughs> yeah. both Wagner brothers in it or just Mo? Franz wasn't in it, right? No, yeah. I think just Mo, but it was, yeah, Mo, it was a Mo great was cameo. The, yeah, Mo, yeah, I liked Mo's spot on the Ross, on the uh, in, in Hustle. International player wow. that the owner wanted. Yep. <laughs> little second career for Big Mo. Yeah. Yep. Did well Versatile. Out. What was his last um, name, Sturdy? Haas in, in, the, in the movie? Yeah, that sounds That's who he was right. as a player, yeah. yeah. Aaron Gordon was in it too, but we'll forget about it. Don't worry about that. Mm, mm. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think that I think Saruti and I are both in lockstep on Chep being the guy. Um, I think that maybe next year, and I, I think that listen, draft picks—it's kind of a, a movable feast, right? Like every or, or everything changes, a living document, right? Where it's just like this year, Jabari might look like the guy, but you can't. Someone like Chet, I don't think you can judge until the end of year two, year three, perhaps even year four. When we're talking about a guy who has to put on a ton of weight. Um, add some physicality uh, because he's going to get pushed around at the beginning of his career. I agree with you, Saruti. He's not going to get pushed out of the league. Even a Sean Bradley type. Sean Bradley made it 12 years in the league, right? Um, so I think that, I don't know. I, I, I would be, I would feel a pang of, uh, of disappointment, but I wouldn't be crestfallen if it ends up being Jabari. If they do take Jabari Smith, Saruti, do you want them to re-sign Mo Bamba? Uh, I am on the record as being uh, and I don't, I don't want to be too mean, but I just don't like the guy. I think he's a tease player. I just think he is. I think he's going to show flashes all the time. And if you give him a big contract, I would just be terrified that he would just never figure it out, and you'd be stuck with this guy who's just going to show flashes, but never actually going to, you know, contribute to like meaningful winning basketball. I think you'd probably have to in that case because you know you still probably need a backup center. Um, and you know, I guess you don't want to lose the asset. I would just, I would try, I would try to trade him last year at the deadline. I would try to trade him now. Um, but I think I don't think you let him walk for free if you do take Jabari because I do think again they could play together too um, because you know obviously Bamba would be more of like the interior presence. But then mm. you know that, that that gets back to our discussion about like what the roster looks like right now. I mean I I do actually as much as I said like I think Jabari slots in very nicely kind of at the four in between Wendell Carter Jr. and and Bomb and uh, and and Franz. I think Chet does too. Like I think actually Wendell Carter Jr. is the perfect guy to play next to Chet because he's your muscle guy. He's yeah. not going to get bullied. He actually also can step out, so he's not going to take up a ton of time, um, a ton of space in the paint. And um, you know that allows Chet to kind of do all the cool Chet shit that he does. Like he can like block shots and be an incredible help defender, mm-hmm. not have to like do this one on one thing. So I, I know we shouldn't look at the roster, and, and but it's it's again it's why I'm kind of leaning towards Chet because I just think. Like yes, the roster also does look like it'll have a nice place for Chet, but I think he's also just the best player in the draft. Kev, you sighed when I asked about Bamba. I'm just a little why do you, bit. Why do you Why do you guys hate Mo Bamba so much? Well, because we watch a lot of Magic Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have something to do with it. 
you you get to do every three months when he has a big game, you get to do your little Twitter memes. And Saruti and I are sitting around living and dying with every quarter. Okay? So that's why we might have different attitudes on it. Um, I, I think... He got Saruti, better his fourth year, Kev. He got better his fourth year. I think... Oh, good. Imagine what... At this rate, imagine what he'll do at year 40. <laughs> just in time to get paid, by the oh, way. Just gosh. in time to get paid. Yeah, I just yeah. I, I don't want to let that skate. I mean, mm-hmm. let's just I'm not saying he's, you know, not gonna keep getting better, but that's that scares me. Steve Clifford had him buried behind Kim Birch. Because he loved Love veterans so much. Mo was playing 14, 15 minutes per game for his first three years. There was no opportunity until last year under Mosley. All right. So um Surin and I we, we can go back and forth on this. I actually I understand the asset part of it. If he's got stock in the league get something for him i actually think it'd be pretty easy to to replace his level of play um for for much cheaper i just don't think he brings a ton i think he's just still really inconsistent um played well at the Mm -hmm. end of the year i would say that what was weird saruti and i'm sure you you noticed this is you know we were so unhealthy last year that it was we were like Mm -hmm. a different team you know you got to see franz in the middle of the year when nobody else was playing, I went to a game at Barclays Center where it was four Lakeland Magic players because of COVID plus Franz. Like, that was the team. And so you got to see when he was the guy, how he reacted to it, and he reacted very well to it. When Fultz came back um, and and everything didn't run through Franz, he was a little bit of a different player. I was actually slightly disappointed um, in, in the way he, he finished out the season. So mm-hmm. it was really interesting to see kind of the different ways the team evolved. What happens when Jonathan Isaac comes back? I, I have no idea. I'm not counting ever on Jonathan Isaac. Uh, to ever give us anything again, but he's making money. He's on the roster. He's the only person, I was just listening to someone talk about this the other day, he's the only person who's ever on the roster who's ever shown an elite skill set, and that's defense, and that was when mm. he was healthy. Um, I was looking at sports books the other day, saw he wrote a political book, don't want anything to do with that. Don't know, don't know anything <laughs> about that, and I just scrolled right past it, not even clicking on the summary. Um, but that's, he's, written more, know, he's written more books in the last two years than he has played NBA basketball games, so that tells you It's like a, I mean, like, Draymond is to podcasting as Jonathan Isaac is to yeah, it's a why political I sports books. by Jonathan Isaac. Four four point yep. nine stars on Amazon. Don't want any don't wow. not looking into that at all. Um so I think that I I I mean this is this is a long way of saying Mo Bamba has had a long runway to prove that we should commit to him full time. And I, I've just never seen a long stretch of basketball, Saruti where I've said, all right, I'm good. I mean, like, we've got a lot of guys. Part of the reason that we have, a, a, we have a number of, as I said, B-level good players. And those players are actually, in today's modern NBA, fairly expensive. And I just, at some point, there stops being money to go around for someone like a Mo Bamba, who I think you can get the, the production and, and the defense um, for, for much less money. I totally agree. The, the, we we joked about this, Kevin. You can call us a homer, um, and we and we obviously are. But I think the Magic actually have too many good players. Like yes, for for a, yes. for a team for a team that was like the second worst record in the league, and you know people like to laugh at. And every time there's like a joke about a terrible team, the Magic are always the first team everybody mentions. I don't know why. It's like everybody got a memo that's like whenever we're going to clown on a terrible franchise, it's the Magic. Um, but they actually have, you know, like you go Franz, Cole, Anthony, Markel. We'll throw in Bamba, Jalen Suggs, Isaac, yeah. who knows, Wendell, Carter. I mean, Terrence Ross is still around. I mean, we'll see what happens with his future. I like RJ Hampton. Um, Robin Lopez is still on the roster. I mean, uh, Chumo Kike is a guy that we we really like, and I don't know where he fits in this equation, too. They almost have too many guys. I need to stop you right there. You just went through and said nice things about everybody, and then you said Robin Lopez is still on the roster. 
That was his fun fact. <laughs> he's, he's a nice No, I Suri, to your point, this is something I think about all the time. Hennigan and and the Weltman Hammond years, so the last decade, the Magic have done a pretty good job at acquiring for cheap or in the draft, like legit NBA guys. Like legit NBA guys who are gonna play a long time in the league. Even getting Tobias Harris from Milwaukee in the JJ Reddick mm-hmm. trade, when I don't think people had a lot of expectations. Um at getting Evan Fournier and the Aaron Afalo deal, like these are guys who were legit. There was there was never a question about the scouting eye. For for any of it, any of it, frankly, it was about asset management, how they fit, and then coaches not doing enough to make it work, and then beyond that, just what happens when having a bunch of legit NBA guys doesn't make you good. It just makes makes guys who you have to pay who are going to hang around for a while. Like you need a propelling force, and that's a legit superstar, and that's what they've always lacked. So I agree with you that they have a a, a glut of of um fine players and, nice. and that, that yeah. in a weird way that sometimes holds the roster back. And, and that speaks to your point about wanting to draft for upside. You want that franchise changer. And just to touch on two, last year's lottery picks, Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs. Wagner was terrific all year long, as we talked about. He's a do-it-all player on offense, can shoot threes, can play make a little bit. You'd like to see more of that, you guys said. Defensive versatility. Wagner's good. He's going to be good a long time. What do you think his upside is as a player? Is he one of those driving forces on your roster moving forward? I'm probably more optimistic about that than most. Um, I don't think he. I don't think he has like a glaring weakness in his game. No. He he defends well. He could ball handle. He's a good knockdown shooter. He can get better yeah. shooting off the dribble for sure. He's actually incredible at finishing at the rim with contact, and he's strong. You know, for a guy who's six ten, you think he'd be like a little bit more wiry? No, like he's he's a really good finisher at the rim. I, as I said earlier, like I'd like to see him play. I think he has more playmaking capabilities than what he showed last year, and I wish they let him do that. But when Fultz came back, it kind of changed the team a little bit. I, you know, is he superstar? No, I don't. I, I don't think that's the see. I don't think that's like realistic for him. Do I think he could be like a multi-time All Star? Who's you know who's you know the best player on a playoff team? I think I think that's reasonable. Yep, I se- second best player on a legit contender. That's fair. I, I think that's a good way to put it. Second, maybe third, you know, something like that. And with Jalen Suggs, though, got off to a horrible start, missed the middle of the season, came back in January, continued to struggle, shot 17% from three in the 2022 calendar year, 11 points per game, only 38% from the field. I mean, like, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Anything else? Thanks for this. Got any other stats? Are you worried about Jalen Suggs? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to trigger you anymore. It's too early to make the judgment call, except to say that if when Franz is the best, second best player on a legit contender, the best player will not be Jalen Suggs. That that's Correct. that's what yeah. I saw from 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 last year. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he fair. struggled. He was inconsistent. I still like his. Uh, I still think he's a leader. I still think he's is he can work to get better. I think he was injured and banged up a little bit last year. And I think sometimes he must insane. have been really hurt. He must have been really hurt. Yeah, he was, <laughs> maybe he had a, like a torn a- a- ACL the entire year. <laughs> just played through it like Philip Rivers. Maybe that. I maybe mean, just a makeup. <laughs> he had two blown Achilles the entire year. Um, no, uh, that that would explain it. I don't know. I mean, I, KOC, you know hoops far better than me. Is there an analogy for a guy who just had a complete write off his rookie year? Uh, even when he played and and took a year to leap because in football it happens all the time in hoops it seems to me that guys show up great and are and continue to be great and there's never really uh, a process like this. 
Yeah, more often than not, that's the case. And with Jalen Suggs, he was one of the reasons why I am a little concerned with him is because at Gonzaga, he wasn't expected to be a one and done. People thought he would be a two year guy, check coming in, they'd play together, and, and then they would, you know, try to win a national championship together. But he was so good his freshman year within their system. Uh, then, like, he made himself a lottery pick. I wonder how much of that performance at Gonzaga was due to their system. And then, like, he he's gets exposed in the NBA when really he's not ready. System guy. There's a, a system guy tag in the wild. <laughs> he, might, he, might, he might just be a system guy. And, that, and that, that's where I'm a little worried there. Whereas with Chet, it's the opposite. Like, Chet, he wasn't allowed to show his full talents in their system. Maybe I am Mr. System Guy because I was an Alex Smith defender for for years yeah. and that was like my thing. And I was just like, I'm just telling you. Still haven't given up on Joey Harrington. I Joey Joey's no. still <laughs> on Joey Harrington. <laughs> but I'll say this about I'll say this about uh, about Jalen Suggs. The shooting was terrible. The finishing at the rim was terrible. Uh he was uh, he was legitimately great defensively though. And he is also a good just like guy to have on your team, guy you want in the foxhole. To Kev's point, he's not I don't I don't think he's ever gonna be a star. Um, I think we probably got a little too excited in the draft when he fell to five. And, you know, I think we were clowning on Raptors fans and Raptors fans don't let us forget that they, you know, they took Scotty Barnes. Listen, we're happy for you, Raptors fans. I, I'm I'm yeah. not mad about that. Yeah. I'm still happy that we got Suggs. It's OK, because I've seen so many Scotty Barnes get drafted by the Magic and completely flame out that I just I, I just yeah. don't think that would have been a good thing for both parties. I still think Suggs has the ability to turn it around. I mean, he, he can't possibly be this bad of a shooter. I he agree. works hard. And he's 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 too athletic to not be to be as bad as he was last year at finishing at the rim too. And after that hand injury, uh, he did get better. Uh, I think he needed to take a couple, like he took a month off, or you know, obviously put the injury month and a half off. And when he came back, he was revitalized. He was more efficient. He was significantly better. Now he was also playing next to Marco Fultz. I think that helped as well because I don't think Cole Anthony is always the best teammate for another guard to play next to because you're kind of in no man's land for a while. Um, yep. So I, I think my expectations for Suggs are now lower. Uh, the ceiling is certainly lower. But I, I still think he's going to be a good player. I still think he's going to be a contributor to a good basketball team as a starter. I would also say you have two top eight picks and you end up with one franchise player. Good. Deal me out. I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. good with that. Like, I, that, that, that's, that, I'm fine with those odds. And also with Suggs, you know, guys like Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, I guess to answer your question, Kev, those are maybe some of the guys. Granted, Lowry wasn't a lottery pick. Kemba was. But, you know, there's been instances of point guards that have gotten off slow starts in their career and then become all-stars. So yeah. possible. I mean, even with faults, think about him. You guys mentioned how he is a good player, and he is like he can defend. He's a quality passer. He makes his teammates around him better. He's someone that you can rely on to run the offense. Uh, you know, it's just with him. Can the perimeter shot ever come together and look like it did at Washington? Yep. Yeah. And po- point guard in particular, it's a bit like quarterback in the NFL, where so much of it is just adjusting to the speed of the game and knowing what chances you can take and what you can't. So it, may- it would make sense that that there would be more players like that at the point guard position. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, 
all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Last thing here, this will be the fourth time drafting first. The Orlando Magic are Dwight Howard in 04, Chris Webber in 1993, Shaq in 1992. When you look forward at the Orlando Magic in the next five, ten years, do you guys feel, you know, hope, excitement? I mean, where are your feelings at right now, a week to go until the NBA draft? Or like, what, what's going on in your mind right now? Nervous? This is the first year, this past year, where I kind of felt like, even though they were still bad, it's, I'm like, we have. There's a direction here. There's guys that this this. The underrated thing about this team too is I mentioned all the guys that are like B level players that Kevin and I were joking about that are just like okay, and we need a guy. But they all like the chemistry on this team. They all love each other. A lot of them yeah. are kind of similar ages. They grew up playing together, and that's the cool yes. thing about Chet. You alluded to it a little bit too. KOC is like he like Suggs and Chet like. I believe Chet went to Gonzaga because of Suggs. Because of Suggs. they played in high school together and like they have this mm-hmm. relationship. So the more camaraderie that you build, like this team is actually really fun to watch. And yeah, they weren't good last yes. year, but they play hard and there's potential there. So for the first time in a decade, because we've been rebuilding since basically we traded Dwight Howard, right? And, you know, there's been some guys like the Aaron Gordons, the Oladipos, but it just never felt like we were going in the right direction. We were always kind of treading yep. water. And then every draft we would have, we would we would just miss out on like whatever the top three guys were. We'd have the fourth pick or the fifth pick. You know, we would just miss out on that crop. Now, I finally feel like we're going in the right direction. And there's a there's a core of players here that can be something fun. I'm not saying like they're on pace to be like a next, you know, a title team. I'm saying that, you know, they're going to be the next Warriors or the Celtics or something like that. But I think there is like a, like there's optimism that there is a sustainability to this core and this team that I think if you add a, a, a guy like Chet or, you know, even if it's Jabari, like I'm not going to be incredibly bummed about that. Not Paolo? I think there's... Is Paolo not I, even on your yeah. radar? Yeah. I, I, I don't even know. I don't... I, I mean, if you, I don't know what to think about that because there are people like you and like Rosillo and a lot of people that I trust that think he's the best player in the draft. Um, he, he just doesn't strike me as a magic player. I don't know what that even means, but like, I guess that's just like lanky and tall and long. Like, he's more mm. of like the... I guess I guess for, for Paolo, his, his body type and like what he could be and other guys that he's compared to in the league, that scares me. Like, if it's Blake Griffin and... Julius Randle and like a little bit of Carmelo, I, that that position and that like just sort of like type of player does scare me a little bit. That guy usually needs somebody else to help him out too. So I don't I don't know. Like he thinks he's Jason Tatum, right? But I don't think he's Jason Tatum. Okay, I have a couple things to say. Number one, I'm still tortured. Surudi, remember last year when we were golfing last summer, and we made the point that we were so pissed off. You made it, and I I, I stole it. Um, that. It sucked that the Raptors were drafting ahead of us because they were going to draft the best player in the draft and then develop them. Ended up being Scotty Barnes. And so now, on the flip side, we finally get the first overall pick. We don't have to worry about who's in front of us. But now I'm worried about the number two pick 
going to the Thunder, <laughs> being developed well, and and us going, damn it, I can't believe this happened, right? So okay. I, I would not, like, there, part of me is just always going to be tortured. There's a pessimism there. I would say the Chet thing, I, I want to uh, kind of piggyback off what you just said, Saruti, about Suggs and about Suggs and Chet. Chet, to me, with the Suggs connection, how how quickly he would fit in with the rest of that culture. They all love each other. And the idea that the that two AAU friends would have been college friends and, and Chet basically went there uh, as part of that, that, that movement that, that Suggs started. One of the things, and this, this points we made a million times, one of the things about Orlando is that guys need to stay there. Like, right, that's the whole problem we, we've had is that Dwight Howard wanted to leave, Shaq wanted to leave, Penny wanted to leave, T Mac wanted to leave. And the best way to get guys to stay is to establish a young core who continues to love each other, do love each other, turn it over and say, This is yours, guys. Like, this is your city, this is your building, this is your, you know, fucking bring back the pinstripes, whatever you want to do, right? The old school <laughs> pinstripes, not the new school pinstripes. Just like no you're the identity the of this team. To where it's it, it's you can't leave you can't leave right and 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 that to me is a part important thing is is building that culture and I'm not saying Jabari can't do that I'm just saying it's something that that needs to be built out. The last thing I'm going to say you asked me about the optimism is that uh, I met my wife in 2011 and towards the end we I think that year we played the Pacers in the playoffs and we lost and I said to her I said let's just you know just one little this is the only thing like this. When the Magic make the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm going to Orlando and I'm not coming back until the season is over. Okay, you can come. You don't. You don't have to come. But that's that's what's that's what's gonna happen. It's a it's a one way ticket to Orlando. Okay, and it's been 11 years and we've never even come close to that happening. <laughs> not even close. Not even a consideration. Not even looking at flights. Okay. Not even texting my dad. And saying, can you get the bed ready for three weeks from now? <laughs> I'm coming down for an indefinite period of time. And it's not even happened. Okay? I come down for January losses against the Hornets. The first time my wife went to a Magic game, we lost because Gustavo, I I Gustavo Ione missed a free oh, throw man. with the buzzer. Okay? <laughs> That's been her entire experience. We've been together for over a decade. We got married. We're buying a house at some point. Like, that's what you need to know about how bad we've been. And what I think is that the core that this team has and the pick that's going to be made this month is going to propel us and change the narrative and get us into the East Finals within five years. The narrative changes today, Kevin O'Connor. Wow. I'm ready to run through a wall right now. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready to go down uh, there, Kev. I'm ready to go to Orlando. We're May going? June. We're going down to Wall Street? Going to Cantina? Let's go. Let's do it. Maybe, maybe like, what is this going to be? 2025, 20, 2026, 20, something like that? Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm ready for it. Which I think that's reasonable. KOC, I want to ask you this really quickly because I know we got to bounce. Would you want the first pick in this draft? Is this like, I could, yeah. I think you can make yeah, an yeah, argument that yeah. you still would. You would just be oh, confidently. Yeah. I mean, I want the first pick because you have all the leverage. If you wanted to on draft night, trade down, you could trade down. What if OKC offers you number two and then, like, you know, I don't know, a future first and whatever else for the number one pick, the flip spots, one to two. Like, then you have another future asset and you could still potentially get the guy that you want. I don't know. I just love yeah, having if it's, the if leverage. It's Jabari, if it's Jabari, they should absolutely be trying to do that. But I, I'm still holding out hope for Chet. And that's why I'm not 100% sold on all indications that it's Jabari Smith. I'm not 100% there. But we'll see. One week to go. Kevin Clark, 
Steve Cerruti, you guys are fired up. A little nervous. Can I excited. ask one? Can I ask one crazy hypothetical? Yes. What What would it have to take for Houston to Godfather oh. off for us? Hmm. I mean, well, what was the comparable with Fultz and Tatum? It was two first round picks. It was three and a future first yes. for number one. And if if the price is comparable, but you think it's comparable because I I don't know if it's comparable because yeah, close maybe, maybe yeah, it's a little because, more because I I think most people view with the exception of of the folks we already named view the drop off from two to three to be significant. I I, I wouldn't say significant. I, I think okay. I mean I have, I have Ben Carroll first, um, but. I mean, there are a lot of people who do have him with a bit of separation behind the others, and there's people that have Jabari Smith even behind Jaden Ivy. I mean, like it, this there's is people this who love is, Ivy. That's the that's exactly. the weird thing too. Like, yeah, there's like I mean, I know KFC, You were talking about this even before the lottery about like if the Magic landed fourth. Like, I would have loved them to take a guy like Jaden. I think yeah. they could use a guy like yeah. Jaden Ivy. But you know, I, and I've heard I think Verno say he thinks like he wouldn't be surprised if three to five years of five, he mm-hmm. was the best player in the draft. Because like that's the prototype of like what what successful star players are in this league. And like the top three, those guys are all these kind of pigs and the, the quote unquote unicorn types. And you know, that that's the other thing too. And I'll I'll leave you I'll leave you with this. I think some guys are afraid, some teams are afraid of like if there's not a comp for a guy. That doesn't scare me about Chet. I've heard a couple I've heard Sam Vicini say this. I've heard Shark say this. Like when you like don't be afraid to pick the guy that you've never seen before because he like what we never saw a Giannis type player before. Um you know, LeBron had like a you know a little bit of Magic Johnson in my guess, but he's like an incredibly unique player. Like, don't be afraid because you you can't make a straight one on one comp to somebody to take that guy. Let him be himself, and maybe he could turn into like the next big thing in the league. So that's why that's another reason why I love Chad. I'm with you, man. Just because there's no you know direct comparable for a player, they they become they become the comp. Then they're the player that everybody's comparing the the next wave to. And there's going to be a lot more guys like Chad Holmgren, Victor Wembanyama next year, three point shooting, seven foot three guy. This is going to become more and more normal with bigs who can shoot. It already is. Mm-hmm. It's going to become more so, though. Kev, I can tell you're fired up. You're excited to go to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe the NBA Finals. <laughs> Baby steps, man. Baby steps. First, going to make the pick. Thank you guys for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kev. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.